0: In this episode, we'll talk about inventing and using trade secrets to create tremendous value. You'll learn all sorts of things. You'll learn about the power of trade secrets, what they are, how to protect them, how to leverage them, and how to actually invent trade secrets.
1: Inventions keep the world spinning. From fire in the wheel to today's high-tech, inventions power change. Turn your inventions into reality. Learn how to get your ideas to market. This is is Invent Anything, with John Cronin. This episode goes well
0: beyond the Trade Secret 101 presentation, as it will delve into unique business, market, and processes, many different views of the subject. But be forewarned, this episode will add a significant set of business and IP tactics to your ever-growing ChessMaster IP strategy. Today we'll cover seven topics. First topic will be defining trade secrets and you may be very surprised what they are actually. How to protect a trade secret in topic number two. In the third topic, we'll talk about inventing trade secrets for value. That's a very novel approach to the trade secret realm. We'll talk about in topic four, patenting part and trade secret part of an invention, a dual combination that makes it very powerful. We'll actually talk about how to implement trade secrets in terms of topic five, which is the first to a trade secret audit and what that's about. We'll talk about in topic six, trade secrets and what goes on in the court systems when there's a problem with them. And then we'll talk about topic seven, trade secrets and the future of blockchain and cybersecurity as technology is rapidly moving in that direction. As our audience, these are the types of audiences we think might be beneficial to this episode. First, for those really not familiar with trade secrets or may want to up their game in trade secrets. For those who may want to learn about trade secrets, who may want to do so and to deploy some mechanisms very inexpensively to develop further value for the company. We also will talk about management or supervisory levels that may want to sort of get a brief on what the trade secret processes are. For those wanting to understand the connection between trade secrets and leveraging business, this is for you. In previous episodes, we talked about leveraging patents. So now, in combination with what we're going to learn in trade secrets, we can add to the second leg of the intellectual property stool. The three-legged stools are patents, trade secrets, and soon we'll talk about enabled publications in a future episode. Finally, the audience are for those people that might want to, in corporations, learn about trade secrets to maybe share with their team so it can provide some sort of a corporate education. So let's get right into it. Topic number one, trade secrets to find. You may be surprised. Trade secret is a form of intellectual property that can be things like formulas and practices and processes, designs, even source code, could be special analysis equipment. It could be databases, it could be customer lists that have a large economic value because they're not known or readily reverse-engineerable by others. Trade sequences can be all sorts of things. It could be business plans, new product concepts, launch plans, detailed designs, functional specs, differentiated technology, engineering drawings, laboratory notebooks, product analysis results, formulations, ingredients, Composition of matter, technology roadmaps, manufacturing processes, even operational know how, supplier and vendor lists, sources and contract terms, profit and loss statements, revenue by product, sales forecasts, pricing proposals, even manufacturing costs or marketing plans, competitive intelligence or customer lists and profiles, even your database designs and network architecture can be trade secrets. Finally, configuration and diagrams. And even your security prog- programs can be trade secrets. There are a lot of benefits to trade secrets, but let's talk about five. The first is that trade secrets have an infinite lifespan. Where patents have a finite lifespan of 20 years, trade secrets are good as long as you can keep them secret. There is no disclosure required like there is for patenting something, as trade secrets cannot be observed. There's no examination for trade secrets. Patent applications require disclosure that's examined for patentability. If an invention is valuable but not patentable, it still may be protected as a trade secret. Benefit number four, trade secrets are much cheaper to protect than patents. though so trade secrets still do require some investment. They are traditionally cheaper to maintain than patents. Benefit number five, trade secrets are controllable. Like patents, but unlike defensive publications, trade secrets created documented ownership that enable licensing or controlled disclosure of the technology. To be legally considered a trade secret in the US, a company must take reasonable effort in hiding the trade secret from the public. This will come back again and we'll talk about this. The secret must have some economic value. The trade secret must contain some information like a patent does. A trade secret is not publicly known like a patent. You see, in 2016, Congress authorized a federal cause of action for trade secret misappropriation in the form of Defend Trade Secret Act called the DTSA. Enacted in 2016 as 18 U.S.C. 1836, the United States federal law allows an owner of a trade secret to sue in federal court when a trade secret has been misappropriated. Because in 2014 the US Supreme Court ruled on Alice versus CLS Bank International, which dramatically changed patent protection for software and business methods, many lost faith in their tech, thinking the patents would would, uh, not be as useful, so they started more focused on trade secrets. Indeed, we have a growing business even in IP capital and trade secret audits and trade secret processes over the last five or six years. So trade secrets are becoming more important. The common type of knowledge protected with trade secret is know-how. However, we need to distinguish know-how specific to the company versus general or expert know-how one gets in their education or by working over the years in technology. You see, the point of trade secrets is to get employees to understand that some of their knowledge that they learn in the company belongs to the company forever unless it's seen in the public. Trade secrets can protect you from all sorts of things. Uh, they can protect you from getting sued by others in patent infringement. If you have a well-documented trade secret and a suit by a patent owner of the same subject, if you can prove your documented trade secret is prior art uh, within your company, so you won't be sued. Under certain limitations, you can still practice your trade secret and not have to take a license from the patent owner. However, now you will recognize your trade secret is less valuable as others can actually seek a license from their patent. Keep in mind that trade secret theft is easy now. The ability to put a warehouse worth of documents onto a single USB drive or a small email file or some other file system to transfer it. Keep it also in mind that the damages of trade secret theft are real. Uh, In 1983 Fujitsu and IBM ended up a settlement of $833 million because of a trade secret theft. And the way it was proved is when the source code was revealed, There was an American woman's name in the source code uh, because the the coder basically kept comments and notes and made a remark about his girlfriend. And it was that girlfriend's US name that said that this can't be Japanese code. So trade secrets have a very long history of being very valuable. Things coming up here is how you can, can cheaply defend against this type of theft. You see the owner needs to take responsibility to have extraordinary measures to keep the trade secret secret. In court, the judge will look at what the company did to protect the trade secrets. Is there documentation? Is there a process? Is there an owner? Is there a knower of the relationship? If everything's a trade secret, then nothing's a trade secret. You see, the burden of trade secret theft is how well you define and care for your trade secrets. Patent litigation on a competitor is possible to you being strategic and being ready. Trade secret litigation of an ex-employee or contracted partner is also Due to you being strategic and ready. You can be sued for trade secret. Uber wanted to build self-driving cars so it can eliminate the need to have humans behind the wheel. One of the biggest expenses is still the unprofitable ride healing service. Uh, a pioneer of the robotics vehicles, uh, Lovaninski, was charged with 33 counts of trade secret theft. Uh, Lovaninski pleaded guilty and was sentenced to 18 months in prison for a trade secret theft related to Google self-driving cars. Lewandowski was also ordered to pay $95,000 in fines and $75,600,000 in restitution. You see, there's a growing need for trade secret protection. Trade secret legal cases have been steadily increasing in recent years as modern knowledge-based economy has made it harder for companies to protect their confidential information. Majority of trade secret cases involve former employees. Several key trends contribute to such as increasing the mobility of the workforce, which translates to higher employee turnover. Bring your own device practices and remote employees means companies' data is more widely distributed. The results of all this can be damaging to the company. A study from the Poneman Institute showed that nearly 60% of all employees who left the company took data. As you'll find coming up, it's unlikely you'll get reasonable return for trade secret theft from an the next employee, and it's likely they have little wealth. So the potential damages to your company can be great. So how do we fix this problem? Stay tuned.
1: You're listening to Invent Anything with John Cronin. Be sure to visit us at inventanything.net. There's information, articles, and more. And you can leave your thoughts and comments there as well. That's inventanything.net. And now back to John and this episode.
0: Now let's move into topic number two, how to protect a trade secret. Trade secrets should be defined, documented, and protected. A best in class trade secret process documents it. A best in class trade secret process uses a trade secret registry. A best in class trade secret process documents the knower of the trade secret. A best in class trade secret process documents the owner of the trade secret. A best in class process for trade secrets has sophisticated locks. A best in class trade secret process is embedded in all contracts, in NDAs, etc. A best in class trade secret process as a trade secret owner, sign off on the marketing proposals, websites and collateral and anything that's published. You can file trade secrets internally and they can be very cheap to do. Uh, You can defend against theft. The answer, there are numerous low cost software installations that can continuously monitor and stop data and file movement outside the computer you're working on. Email reviews and look at keyword contacts that, that can monitor what people are doing. So there is software today that can help you very inexpensively monitor your trade secrets. You see, your trade secret process is only as good as your contracts are. Like how good is your NDA for protecting trade secrets? You, now, you, you have an excellent knowledge of trade secret processes. When you audit your contractor, can they actually keep a secret that you're gonna give them? The same is also true of you receiving trade secrets. Can you actually protect your partners, contracted partners trade secrets? One of the ultimate things in all of this is that the CEO messaging is critical. Constant use by the CEO of trade secrets and their importance to employees, partners, customers and marketing, and even the board of directors is important. I can tell you so many of the CEOs that don't regard trade secrets as really being valuable to the company. On the other hand, the select few that we've worked with, we can train them on trade secret processes and the importance of it. Kind of in every sentence uh, for marketing, every, every meeting or presentation, they're talking about the power and the importance of their trade secret to the value of the company. Well, let's go on to topic number three, inventing trade secrets for value. So if trade secrets are so important, you can ask the question, how did I get these trade secrets anyway? Well, the answer is you invented them, right? So the concept here is reverse engineering what you invented as your trade secrets. You can use the same techniques to go forward and invent more trade secrets. Keep in mind, this is likely the first time you've ever heard this idea of inventing new trade secrets. So you're entering into a new high PHS master tactic. Here are some of the many ways that you can invent trade secrets. First of all, look at your company and invent and ask ask yourself the the question, how can I divide pieces of my processes up where some parts of the process I might wanna patent and some I might wanna trade secret? How can I invent and even add in an empty trade secret? I worked with a company that was making a a formulation and they were having a, a, a lot of different vendors make that formulation. So in order to protect it as trade secret, they actually invented an empty can that they put in the process and it looked like it was part of the process. There was no label on it and uh, they weighted it with water uh, and it didn't do anything, but they told their vendors and their processes that that was their proprietary technology and it had to be hooked between two lines. So this was a way of inventing a way that others thought that there was a secret. You might actually think about playing devil's advocate to see how you can steal your own trade secrets. Uh, there was a company that actually manufactured parts. And they found out that when they manufactured 3D parts for replacements, that they actually had someone record the audio of their 3D printer while it was operating. And the audio was then later on converted to 3D printer commands. So someone literally stole the part by listening to an audio of a 3D printer and then reverse engineering it to the 3D printer movements. That's pretty cool. So if that could be done, imagine all the other things that could be done to take your trade secrets away. Can you invent or make some sort of product part a trade secret? Suppose you had a mold and you didn't want people to copy the mold. Maybe you have a craftsman produce a final cut that couldn't be molded, but only the craftsman could. And let the other side try to figure out a mold that would make this cut, which would be impossible. Can you invent something that's sort of a non-functional tra- trace it to a formula? Uh, when cartographers make maps, uh, almost all cartographers will put a fake town in the map so that they know it was their maps, or was ever copied, copying something that really wasn't there, they can prove that they added that town, that fake town. So what could you add as a tracer? If you had a formulation to a material, could you add some tracer that a person literally copies, but it has no functional result? Can you add and invent something in your source code? Maybe every fifth comment line spells out a word and the combination of all the comment lines spells out a phrase. So you put a secret in your comment codes. Can you invent a cloud connection for remote execution of part of your software so that the heavy lifting of the algorithms are done in the cloud, not on your firmware or on your memory of your device? Can you invent a process step for your product that sort of disappears at all traces? Uh, Basically, when I was at IBM, we had recognized that there were things that we could do. If you look at a surface and put photoresist on the surface uh, and then later on strip it off, you could really detect that that photoresist was there. So inventing a process where very thin oxide was developed first, photoresist on that, the photoresist was used and stripped, and then the oxide was stripped away, we totally eliminated people knowing what kind of photoresist we were using. So just like inventing patents and inventing anything, why not run a brainstorming session and invent ways to create and keep your trade secrets? Is that cool or what? Let's talk about one of the most important strategies that I've come to recognize over my years as an IP strategist and that is the patent part and trade secret part. This is a little known strategy, but you have to follow the rules and the laws. Review the best mode requirement of a patent. If you patent early and you need to show at least one way of making the process steps of the invention work, you can file and get a broad claim and you would meet your best mode requirement at that time. But you'd also later find a better, a secretive version of that process step that you could keep trade secret. As an example, Uh, you may create a method of surveying customers' needs through some sort of interactive portal where they connect through Facebook. And you find that extracting social media data from them, you can get detailed data on the products of likes and unlikes in the social media. So you file a patent on the idea. Later you find out that you needed not only to extract the social media data, likes and unlikes, but only the last 10 weeks of data made it valuable. So your analysis showed the results are much better the specific knowledge of 10 weeks would be a trade secret. However, the general knowledge of the social media extraction for customer surveys would be patentable. So now you have a patent and a trade secret covering the both inventions. Supposing you had a nine step process and the patent protects say, step one, two, three and four. And then you hold trade secret step five and six. Then later you patent step seven, eight, nine. So keep in mind five, six and seven can be trade secreted. So you can have your cake and eat it too. You can have a patent and a trade secret covering one invention. Look at your trade secrets and see if you can find patents. This strategy suggests that you develop a trade secret audit You will discuss that we will discuss shortly. We can find elements of the trade secrets so you, that you can file as patents or invent new things that leverage your trade secrets to file as patents. Here's an example. You have a trade secret process for making a certain composition. You run a brainstorming session to improve the production efficiency, such as a new fast mixing step. And then you file the fast mixing step without disclosing the composition. We can do this because we can invent anything, right? So running brainstorming sessions to find new ways to trade secret part of a patent or a patent part of a trade secret is definitely a great strategy. Look at your patents and find trade secrets. In this strategy, take a recent set of file patents and evaluate if the steps before or after could be held trade secret. And you might decide to patent less steps. For example, suppose you're gonna file a patent on a new self-cleaning sump pump for basements. And you recognize the self-cleaning system requires a pressure measurement that knows when it's clogging and a system that reverses the dirt out in some sort of consumable disposable bag. Not hard to get your mind around, right? So part of the invention is that you discovered that the best pressures and timing to jettison the clogs. So your patent is self-cleaning but you never disclose the pressure and the timing in the patent. Why not? We can invent anything. So why don't we invent this trade secret? Mastermind a patent part, trade secret part strategy, but always, and I say always, go back and forth between trade secrets and patents and vice versa. Make your protection stronger. It will help minimize copycats and it will essentially add a lot of value to your company.
1: You're listening to Invent Anything with John Cronin. Be sure to visit us at inventanything.net. There's information, articles, and more, and you can leave your thoughts and comments there as well. That's inventanything.net. And now back to John and this episode.
0: Let's move on to topic number five, the trade secret audit. A trade secret audit is a best process used uh, by the person doing the audit to essentially add a level of process and security. The goal of a trade secret audit is to minimize risk of the trade secret loss, improve viability of the legal rights, and to provide clarity about what can and can't be shared externally. The value of doing an audit is uh, fivefold. First, to implement a formal policy process for identifying and managing the trade secrets. Next, it's to provide clarity about what can and can't be shared externally. Number three is to align with industry's best practices. Four is to mitigate the risk associated with the loss of theft of trade secrets. Five is the ability to differentiate early on in your invention discovery process what information should be trade secret and what should be patented There are specific criteria that need to be met for confidential information to qualify and be recognized as trade secret. Specifically, a trade secret needs to one, derive an independent economic value, actual or potential. Two, it's not generally known to the public or to other persons who can obtain economic value from its disclosure. And three, it's the subject of the effort have to be reasonable under the circumstances to maintain secrecy. So you have to take reasonable care. Another part of the trade secret audit is to evaluate the trade secret management. Having a process for identifying and cataloging trade secret information ensures that all and any trade secret information is properly marked and accounted for, which provides a foundation for legal protection and protect protect loss. Another thing about uh, the audit is to have employee education and accountability. You see proper management and protection of the trade secret requires employees play their role in the protection and proper use of the trade secret information. Education and employees' accountability for their obligation with regard to trade secret information is essentially key to preventing misappropriation. Another part of the trade secret audit is to evaluate electronic security. Trade secret information is very often electronic in nature and may require definite steps uh, beyond traditional security measures to hold back trade secrets. So if everything has one password, maybe trade secrets have two passwords. You should evaluate your physical trade secrets. How do you literally hide your trade secrets? There's an old case of a large company that claimed that they got trade secret theft uh, because of a, a semiconductor menu was stolen. Later on in court, the defendant basically showed the judge a video of taking a tour from the public side of this large company. And they literally with their cell phone could actually go through a number of times and get the menu from the semiconductor process equipment that was used to tour the line. So, what do you do to physically control your assets? Certainly, you should think about once again playing devil's advocate. How can you actually spoof the physical trade secret security and then improve it? Another part of a trade secret audit is to evaluate the controlled devocation process. You see, trade secrets or confidential information may be required to be shared with external parties. You want to ensure that the sharing is done correctly, and it's essential in preserving legal protection. Controlling down means you control the marketing, you control the contracts. You have somebody responsible for looking at information going out the door so that you can stop a trade secret going out. One key thing is to evaluate in an audit visitor processes. Non-company visitors to branch facilities may be required in the course of doing business. So having a secure process for how visitors are handled is a key element in the trade secret protection. A big part of a trade secret audit is what do you do for an exit, interview an employee. Keep in mind, most of the time, trade secrets are lost to employees who either don't know what it's a trade secret or basically do it intentionally, uh, but you have to sort of warn them. So you can have employees leave the company regardless of circumstances, and they can be a major risk of trade secret misappropriation. So installing a process early on to let the employees know that you can review their obligations of trade secrets they've signed off on before they leave. And when they leave, you can basically say that you have the ability to take that trade secret information and follow them. And if they get a job with a competitor, you have the right to sort of call the competitors uh, general counsel and say that the employee has a trade secret to the company. That really puts the, the new company on on notice. You see, most companies don't hire people to steal trade secrets. They find themselves in the middle of a trade secret location unknowingly. You need to have a trade secret registry it means that all your trade secrets need to be sort of indexed in one place, and we call that a registry. One important caveat of an audit is that you have to make sure that whatever you do for an audit, these steps, it's dangerous to assume that the process that I'm talking about can fix your trade secrets. You see, you can create a lot of problems and have legal issues and business issues and personal personnel issues by simply blindly following these audit procedures and think you can do it on your own. I mean, think about it. There's, you wouldn't have a person auditing your finances and making recommendations to you unless they're a professional. So the caveat is to make sure you have professionals help you in doing this audit. Let's move on to trade secret uh, topic number six, trade secrets in the court. There's a report that we're going to talk about from Lex Machina. In July 2018, the Lex Machina published a report, a first ever on trade secret litigation and basically found it was one of the most comprehensive and accurate data sets available for analyzing trade secret misappropriation cases. It turns out that the rate of trade secret theft between 2000 and 2016 that went to court uh, generally remained within a range of about 860 to 930 cases. However, in 2017, the courts saw an increase up to almost 1,100 cases. Through the first half of 2018, there were 581 trade secret ca- uh, court cases, putting 2018 on pace with one of the largest ever. So from 2009 to 2018, in a mere nine years, uh, more and more trade secret theft is going to court. Lex Macker reported specific outline three elements that defendants used to respond to the claims of misappropriation one. First was observation one. The failure to identify trade secrets was a way that defendants could not of trade secret misappropriation. A second observation is that trade secrets that were generally known and are assertable Uh, ascertainable outside in the public domain. So think about it, just like patent prior art searching, if you think that you're gonna have a trade secret, you really need to take that trade secret and to do a prior art search to see if it's generally available. You might think you have something as a trade secret and in essence you don't because someone could show that it was out there in the public domain. And observation number three and the most important in why we do these audits is the failure to maintain secrecy. You see, it's your process that you're gonna use to determine the value of your trade secrets. And the CEO is in charge of that. So in order to have an awakening in your company about protecting your trade secrets, it starts with the awareness of the CEO, then it moves to an audit, and then it moves to correcting all the deficiencies and gets to best practice. These Lex Machina findings reveal that trade secret litigation is in fact intensive and in close scrutiny needs to be paid uh, as to whether or not your trade secrets are protectable and have the process to protect them. Let's talk about the future a bit about trade secrets and blockchain and cybersecurity. First of all, blockchain, what is it? A blockchain is a digital database that has information, such as records of information you want protected. Sounds like a pretty good match, doesn't it? The Information can be simultaneously used and shared within a large, decentralized, publicly accessible network. Blockchain is a technology at the center of this. It's the center of the whole focus on Bitcoin and other virtual currencies. Blockchain is an open distributed ledger that can record transactions between two parties efficiently and is verifiable and in a permanent way. Imagine every block in a multiple multi-million blockchain where every single block has a private and public key and maybe the knower uh, has a a public key but the owner has a private key. Just imagine every single block having a hundred bits that represents a random number. So truly you can take the bits of trade secret information and put it into a blockchain. You can take one trade secret and divide it into 20 little blocks. Blockchain and trade secrets support each other. Imagine your trade secrets or a portion of your trade secrets are stored in a block and registry with their public and private keys. If a business registers its trade secrets on the trade secret registry via your blockchain, uh, it will be heavily encrypted. And I would call that a best practice. Trade secrets in itself will not be available to the public. The only available information is the hash, which is similar to a timestamp. There are no negotiations or lawyers involved. The business can quickly protect its trade secrets at very minimal cost. And recently now under the EU's directive registering trade secrets on a blockchain can be considered as a reasonable step. There are now many companies working to provide blockchain for trade secrets, but once again, this is a technology uh, safe and should be considered uh, just the safe of the information. And it doesn't replace a good trade secret uh, protection program that requires an audit with the auto-mentioned caveats that I mentioned that you need an expert to help. Okay, so let's wrap up. In the first topic, trade secrets to find, you may be surprised. We discussed the many items that could be trade secreted from source code to customer lists and that one needs to take reasonable care. We discussed the infinite lifespan of trade secrets and how cheap they are to actually protect. We talked about how easy they are to steal and we talked about how damages can be huge So it's really important that trade secrets, that you know what they are. And it's surprising to know all these things about trade secrets. In topic number two, how to protect a trade secret, we discuss best in class practices of documentation of things like knowers and owners. We talked about how to lock trade secrets up. We talked about communication from contracted partners to the messaging of the CEO, which is vital. In the third topic, inventing trade secrets for value, we talked about how trade secrets at one point were invented. So why not? Take more invention, reverse engineering your trade secrets and going forward and inventing more. Why not invent anything, right? We discussed cool concepts like the empty container concept, the devil's advocate process and remote computer software and many more. Why not run a trade secret brainstorming session today? In topic number four, we talked about patent part and trade secret part. We talked about this very unique strategy as a way to get real leverage, but consider careful requirements of the patent office like best mode. We discussed looking at your patents to find, to create new trade secrets and vice versa. Using this invent anything mastermind concept, you can get better protection, you can minimize the the copycats and you can add tremendous value to the company. In topic number five, we talked about the trade secret audit. This is an audit section. We discussed the goals, the values, the multiple areas of evaluation from employees and management, physical, electrical, security, devocation practices. But most of all, remember, the caveat here, that the simple checklist that we put out uh, should, not, should not be for a process that you're gonna do, it should be for education. Because we have seen horror stories of people trying to do this by themselves and ending up with legal issues, personnel issues, people leaving the company because you want to create a trade secret audit. It really needs to have a third party uh, approach to this and it really needs to be well thought out with a careful strategy of how to deploy an audit. In topic number six, we talked about the courts, we talked about Lex Machina's report, it really comes down to three things: failure to identify trade secrets as a good defense, that the trade secret wasn't even well researched and was generally known in the public, so that was a great defense, and the failure of management to maintain secrecy. We've talked again and again and again that the CEO is the one that is going to spend the time and energy to manage and develop trade secrets. And we talked about the future trade secrets and blockchain and cybersecurity, a great marriage of new technology to an age-old problem. After discussing the blockchain technology. And how it can support trade secrets in the near future, this solution can help a great deal and maybe become available. Once again, remember the caveats just because you have a blockchain with trade secrets doesn't mean you have a good process because the blockchain is just the vault. Please remember to maybe subscribe if you like this and come join our blog, Invent Anything.
1: Thanks very much, and we'll see you on our next episode.